0: I have for your consideration this afternoon, for a few minutes, a question for you or discussion about comparing ourselves to others, comparison ourselves to the Lord, comparison ourselves to the Scriptures, and really the do's and don'ts that the Scriptures talk to us about when it comes to comparing ourselves or comparing things to each other. We start in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Man, it seems awful loud. Is it too loud? What is up here. Second Corinthians 10 and 12, it says, For we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere which God approves, a portion to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. The writer here, uh, Apostle Paul, talking to Corinthians, in this letter he said, you know, when you, when you start comparing yourself with someone else, it, that's a moving target. I'm better looking than this person. Well, that depends on the point of view. Or I am smarter, or I can do this better than that person. When we start comparing ourselves to ourselves, it's, it's with, without understanding, but it's a moving target. And when you do that, you never have a solid base of comparisons. So we said this morning, Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we start comparing ourselves with other individuals, we're comparing sinners against sinners. And that just doesn't seem to be a logical step at all, does it? But verse 27 in that in Romans 3 says, Where is the boasting then? It is excluded. If you go back and read those verses of Scripture there, you'll find that, as he said, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then he begins to exp- expand upon that and talk about how that it is, God's grace and glory in Christ who died on the cross and so forth for us, then where is the boasting on us? We didn't do anything. It was grace given to us by God. So we got to be careful how we boast about what we can and can't do, how we are as Christians or not Christians, or how we do good or don't do good. The boasting is not there because it's all God's grace and his son's sacrifice on the cross that counts. I'd like to turn if you would turn with me to 2 Corinthians 11 and read there 2 Corinthians 11 in verse 22 Speaking here of Paul he says are they hebrews so am i are they israelites so am i are they seed of abraham so am I. Are they masters of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prison more frequent, and deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I have forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day, and I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen in perils by the heathen, and perils of the city, and perils of the wilderness, and perils in the city, and perils among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, and hungers, and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without that which I cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Look at what the Apostle Paul went through. He went through all of these things that he lists there, and, and we know the trials, the trials and tribulations he did for Christ. But in the next chapter, the first verse, it says, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. He says it's not worth it, or it's, it's doubtful that I should profit in anything by boasting. He had this whole list of things that he had done for Christ. This whole list of things that he had suffered through. And what does he say? He says, what's the profit in boasting? There isn't any. For I do this for Christ, who loved me and died for me. The Jews, and I hate to say that in general, but many of the Jews... They like to say they were part of Abraham's seed. They like to compare themselves to the Gentiles. We are of God's family. The Gentiles are just the Gentiles, heathens, as they were called. And the unbelieving Jew of the time of Christ, they held on to their birthrights. They criticized Christ because he was telling them something that he was telling them that they weren't, true followers of God, but they had this birthright that they used among themselves that they were they, they held on to that birthright. In John 8 and 39, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. They would discuss with Jesus, and when Jesus would have something to say to them, they'd say, well, Abraham's our father, we don't know you, and he's the one we follow. Of course, Abraham... Christ was following Abraham as well, and Christ was certainly higher than Abraham. We know the account of Luke 18. There in Luke 18, we find the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and I'm not going to read that. It's very familiar to all of us. But in the ninth verse, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. We remember the parable how the Pharisee went to pray and he said, I'm glad I'm not like this tax collector. The tax collector, his was a whole different attitude of what he said. These people thought that they were righteous just because they were righteous and they despised others because they were not like them. The tax collector said, "God be merciful to me, a sinner." He wasn't comparing himself with the Pharisee. He probably felt the Pharisee was better than him. But what he knew was is he didn't need to compare himself with anyone. He knew that he was a sinner. To you and I that are Gentiles, the scripture spends a lot of time talking about us and how that we became part of God's family. In Ephesians 2 and 8 it says, For by grace ye have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, but that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You and I as Gentiles were not part of God's family. Fortunately, for his mercy and grace, he made us part of his family. But we need to realize that it's him that made us that way. It isn't our good works. It's not what we do that caused us to come to Christ. It was God's grace and our understanding through preaching of the scriptures that brought us to him. But still, we were strangers at a time... And now we are not. We're part of the promise. In Romans 11 it said, And if some of the branches be broken off, speaking of the Jewish people, and thou being a wild olive tree, speaking of the Gentiles, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. You know how blessed we are as Gentiles? The branches were broke off, And we were grafted in, and by being grafted in, what does it say that we get? It says we're partakers of the root, God himself, and the fatness of the olive tree. We are partakers of those great blessings that only the Jews had, the Israelite people had, until the time of Christ. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I may be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. He said, there's no place for you to boast that you're such a great person or a good person or uh, do good deeds and so on. He said, you're, you were grafted in to God's family. You were grafted into his tree, and that the branches before were broken off because of their unbelief. And you need to be careful In boasting about the fact that you are now partakers thereof. Well, comparisons do go wrong. We've read, but when they measure themselves by themselves, compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. (coughs) When we start comparing ourselves to others in the world, we're walking off a cliff. I am more religious than that individual. I am better than that person. I, am, I do more good things than that person. That's the wrong kind of comparison. That comparison can get you in trouble. God has blessed us with so much but sometimes I feel like I'm just never satisfied. I keep comparing myself, well that guy's got a nicer car or a nicer house or better clothes, better education, his kids go off to college and whatever. But I'm comparing with the wrong person, the wrong thing. And I, God has blessed us with so much that it doesn't make any difference what else that other person has. I need to understand what God has done for me and it is great. And we need to be satisfied with that. Here's a quote that a gentleman had. It says, Why should God grant our petitions in prayer we were not thankful for the blessings we already have. To ask God for something, and yet we're not thankful for what we have, why would God bless us that way? Why would, he, but why would he grant our petitions? You and I need to be satisfied with what God has given us because it is great. It's not second place. It's a lot, and we need to remember that. And not compare ourselves with those in the world. Let's look at where comparisons go right. Well, let us compare ourselves against spiritual things. Against the truth. Against eternal things. Against the gospel. Against Christ. Let's compare ourselves there. Because we know that that is a solid line. And it does not move. Those things that are absolute and don't change. This word does not change. It is absolute. It is the truth. And we need to be looking at it and comparing our lives and what we do with it. And not against worldly things that are all relative, as we said. Things in the world change. Society changes. What was not good 50 years ago is now accepted. And that's not right. We don't want to compare ourselves with the moving target. Well, first of all, the obvious thing to do is compare ourselves with Christ. We want to be Christ-like. We want to compare ourselves. He came to this earth to show us one of the things he did to show us how to live. Philippians 2 and 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We need to be like Christ. Christ was equal to God. It says he saw no robbery in that, but when he became a man, he humbled himself and he was obedient to God. You and I need to be that way. We need to compare ourselves with Christ and say, are we humble? Are we obedient? Do we do what God wants us to do? Philippians 2 and 3 said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in the lowness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We don't need to be boastful of ourselves, but instead we need to be of low mind and esteem others than ourselves. We don't need to have vainglory or strife. Christ didn't. Was Christ better than all of us? Certainly. But he humbled himself as a man and was obedient to God. There was, it was not vain glory. There was not strife. He had lowless of mind. You and I need to esteem others better than ourselves. But we can compare ourselves to good in others. All of us are Imperfect. But an example to others is important, and we can look at others and see the good in them and say, you know, I want to be like that. That's what I want to do. Look at the apostles in Philippians 3 and 17. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He said, be like us, the apostles. Now, were the apostles perfect? No, but it was someone that you could look up to as the, those that were young in the church could look at the apostles and, and he said, be an example like we are. Look at us as an example. In 1 Thessalonians 1 and 6, And ye being become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. He says, you need to be followers of us and followers of the Lord. Not that they circumvented Christ, they didn't, but they were a good example for the church, for members of the church to follow and be like them. The church itself, the congregation itself, we need to compare ourselves with the good things that we find in the congregation. The church in itself is perfect. The congregations are made up of men and are not, but there are good things in this congregation. And we need to compare ourselves and say, I want to be more like that. I want to be better than I am. In First Thessalonians 1 and 7, So that ye were ensimbles to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from your, your sounding out of the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acadia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that they need not to speak anything. He said these people were an example to the whole world. These congregations were an example to the other congregations and they were sound in the word of the Lord in a doctrine. And their reputation was spread and looking upon them by the rest of the congregations was a good thing because they were doing the right things. Whether we believe it or not, you and I are examples to each other. We look at each other and we compare ourselves to each other. It's only human nature. It is. But the, this, for me, is the people in the world. The people in the world, if they know that we are Christians and we know that we come to church and know that we believe the way we believe, they look upon us and say, well, let me see, let me just watch. We become an example to them and they compare themselves to us. 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant unto all, that I might gain the more, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, and to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. The Apostle Paul said, as long as I'm not, uh, basically he was saying, I will be anything for anyone if I can bring them to Christ. He said, I am free from the bondage of sin. But I'll make myself a servant if it'll bring someone to Christ. He said, I am a Jew and I'll be a Jew if it'll bring Jews to Christ. But I will be whatever it takes to bring those to Christ. His example to all of those around him. Continuing on there, it says, to them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men, that I might be all means save one. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partakers therein thereof with you. He said, I'll do whatever it takes to be an example for you. And in doing so, I want to do that for the gospel's sake, that I can also receive that reward right along with you we need to be like Christ in John 13 and 4 we find there it says that he raised he raised from supper and laid aside his garments and took a, a towel and girded himself After that, he had poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherein he was girded. We know this account, where he came and he washed the disciples' feet. A humble servant attitude. That's what the servants would do. They would wash the master's feet. But he said, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me masters, and Lord, ye say well, for so I am. If I then, your your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to be washed one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. He said, You call me Lord and Master, and I am Lord and Master. I am the Son of God. But I have washed your feet as an example to you that you take care of others, that you wash their feet, that you serve them. You need to do what I have done. We need to be like Christ in our Christian walk of life. I hope there's been something here to thank, for you to thank during the week along with how you're comparison yourself to others and how you should compare yourself to the Lord. Is it a custom at this time we will offer the song of invitation? If there's someone subject to the gospel call, please come as we stand and sing.